0: Welcome disciple makers and thank you for joining us. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board Discipleship Team, led by Scott Sullivan, exists to help churches take the next step toward becoming a healthy disciple-making church. We've developed tools to help you, like the Watershed Principle, which identifies 6 main ministries needed to be a healthy church. The Spark Conference, a total church strengthening event that allows you to access keynotes and breakouts all year long, for ongoing training in your ministry area. This year's conference features keynote speakers Fred Luter, Michael Catt, Todd Bulsinger, and Robbie Gallaty, as well as online and in-person regional events. Learn more at www.thesparkconference.com. We also have learning communities across Georgia to sharpen, encourage, and resource leaders personally and professionally. Find a community near you at gabaptist.org discipleship. Don't forget, you can find our previous episodes on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and your favorite podcast platform. Now, let's join today's broadcast or podcast.
1: Welcome to our Georgia Baptist Discipleship family, where our goal is to help you take the next step in becoming a healthy disciple maker leader who grows healthy disciple making churches. And today, I've got one of the brightest minds and sharpest leaders that I've ever met, Dr. Levi Skipper, who just happens to be my boss. Levi is a church-strengthening strategist here at the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. He's earned degrees from Shorter University here in Georgia, completed his doctoral work at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, which I think is the seminary in the nation. And he served as pastor for over two decades in several churches and most recently at Concord Baptist in Northeast Georgia, where he saw baptisms grow by 122%. Sunday school grew 15 or 115% during that tenure. He's authored multiple uh, resources, Resolved, uh, another one called Spiritual Avalanche, Marriage in the Red. He's a national speaker. Uh, he's a has been athlete like myself, and um, not to mention that he's got the best hair at the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. So, um, Levi, Great to have you on today, man. Thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. May <clears throat> hey, I will tell you, having the best hair is a low bar at the Georgia Baptist <laughs> I
1: know, I know. Look yeah, me. man.
2: And and just a real quick correction, because okay. you, you said I had a doctorate at the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. I actually uh-huh. have a master's from there. I got my doctorate at Luther Rice. Oh, so, great. I, I didn't want anybody watching this going. He says, "Got yeah, Doctor New Orleans? What in the world?" Well, I'm
1: you know I'm always trying to push New Orleans. So I guess, exactly right. I guess I'm reading into it. So thanks, <laughs> thanks for that, that correction. Hey, yes. I do want to mention one real thing. So you spent some time uh, because I want to get to the. There's a resource you've created, but you spent some time training pastors in Southern Ethiopia as well, right? Can you say just a quick word about that because that intrigues me.
2: Yeah, so in between the first pastorate that I had, which was in Austell, Georgia, and the second in Northeast Georgia, uh, Claremont to be exact, uh, the Lord really placed it on my heart uh, while I was on a mission trip over in Ethiopia. And just to make a kind of a long story short, I went and trained a group of pastors and I was teaching through the book of Philippians. And when I was finished, their culture is to ask questions, right? So you teach through all the material and then afterwards they're asking questions. It was interesting uh, in Philippians 1, Uh, there's, there's obviously a mention of the gospel. I went pretty quickly through that because my assumption was these guys know the gospel. I mean, they're all saved. They're pastors, right? After it was done and I had taught the entire book of Philippians and it was time to like, you know, let's do questions. Every single question I got dealt with the gospel. And what was crazy to me is many of them were saved out of a Muslim background. So they still had kind of this works ideology that they were often kind of mixing into the plan of salvation. I just remember leaving that, and the guy who had invited me to come over, I looked at him and I said, bro, if these are the pastors, we have got to do something to help. I said, I'm going to go home, back to the States, and I'm going to look into how we can best help. Well, I did that, and uh, God laid it on my heart at that point, uh, really to start a pastor training school in southern Ethiopia. And I say southern Ethiopia is because the guys that we were uh, investing in and training uh, were individuals who did not have the opportunity to go to a seminary or any kind of college. I mean, they live out in the village, man, big time, yeah. right? Uh, a lot of their churches, I mean, that when they meet for church, they meet around a tree, right? They, they don't even have buildings. So that's how that rolls out. So anyway, whenever I uh, went over uh, back to the States and I found some material called Bible Training Center for Pastors, which is phenomenal material, they already had it translated completely in agramarium, uh, so I, I basically created a ministry. We raised the funds to buy all the books for these guys, to pay for these guys, to be involved in this school. And, uh, I spent about two to two and a half years, uh, traveling back and forth to Africa. I left that church where I was pastoring in Austell. And I did that full time for a couple of years, uh, just cause the Lord had laid that on my heart to, um, to begin investing in them. So it was a great time, man. Absolutely loved it. I love, I love Africa. I actually felt like I could live there. Um, and the Lord just opened up a lot of doors, but anyway, a lot of fun, man.
1: Really cool. And that is really what we do now. I mean, we spend our time resourcing pastors, helping leaders with new resources to take steps forward. And I want to get into that just a moment before we do, I want to remind our audience that we've got a pile of resources that we don't want to get away to you. So make sure you leave a comment. And if you share the link, you'll get in on that, that entry for the free resources And a $100 gift card. So make sure that you share that link. And matter of fact, if you share that link, we might even be able to get you a coffee with Adam in heaven where you can finally find out, did he really have a belly button or not? All right. So Dr. Skipper, let's jump in here. I want to pick your brain for a moment because um, great leaders learn to be patient and consistent problem solvers. So help me with a a moment here. What was one of those most time-consuming and frustrating issues that you faced as a pastor, and how did you attempt to solve that?
2: Well, I I will tell you one of the most, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily frustrating, but one of the greatest challenges is always developing leaders in the context of the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that I learned early on uh, pastoring, and I share this story a lot, but I remember one time I got up to preach, uh, and we were going through a book of the Bible. We got to a portion on serving within the local church. Well, I, I realized, man, we just didn't have enough people serving. So I, I, I you know, put this message together out of the Word. But to be honest with you, I lean pretty heavy on the guilt, right? So I'm going to make these people feel guilty who aren't serving. Yeah. And they felt horrible about themselves, apparently, because after the message was over, they all began walking up to me and saying, Levi, you're right, man, I need to be serving. Uh, tell me what to do. And that's when I had the deer in the headlights. Look, I didn't know what to tell them to do. I had no pathway whatsoever to actually get them involved in serving. So here I had, you know, all of these individuals who wanted to serve and and I just didn't know what to do with them. So that what I what I've discovered oftentimes is the is is the issue is not, you know, I want to say this fairly and nicely. The issue is not the people. Right. Oftentimes the issue is our leadership. Hmm, so at that word. point in time, I said, okay, I've got to uh, how I do this. So if I'm going to challenge the church to do something, uh, I've got to have a clear pathway for them to get plugged in. Uh, I also, make, I have to make sure that they, they're equipped, that they have the resources necessary. Uh, and if they don't, I either create them or find them, right? But that's how we equip. We plug people in. And it was kind of like a light bulb moment for me uh, that has carried on with me for quite some time.
1: Yeah. Well, look, that is a perfect segue into really what I want to get into some uh, the heart of our discussion today because I, I, I had those struggles as well. And one of those was how to create and sustain momentum. How can I plug into things that are already happening in the culture, in the school system where we were? And there seemed to be times when it was easier to draw a crowd and get things done. And then there were other times when, man, it seemed like I just couldn't do anything. It was just fruitless to, to attempt anything. May seemed to be one of those must. but you've studied these seasons of life in ministry, and you've identified some momentum-building time periods that you call waves in the local church.
2: Yeah, that's uh, exactly.
1: Can you identify those waves for us, and why it's important to take advantage of them?
2: Oh yeah, sure, man. So uh, I will tell you, the waves in a local church can be different, right? So the ones that I share with you are the ones that I just realized in the local church where I was serving. Right. Uh, And a wave really is a natural attendance bump that I didn't even plan for. So Mm -hmm. it's not something that I'm trying to generate. It's not a wave I'm trying to create. Right. It's just it just showed up all of a sudden. I came in on a Sunday morning and there was an entire month of Sundays where we just had more people in church. So those time frames are what I call waves. So now the question becomes, how do you ride those waves for greater impact? And then um, to kind of identify them for you at the churches that I served, I noticed uh, January was always a wave, right? So I don't know if it's because people are making New Year's resolutions, but they're all like, we're gonna go to church this year, where they all showed up. You know, I also saw that wave at the gym, right? So all these new people show up at the gym in January, but that's the wave. Uh, And then I also saw one, obviously around the Easter season. Uh, So that was another wave. Now, I didn't have to plan for more people to show up, they just showed up. And then the other was August, like coming out of summer, uh, it always coincided uh, in those churches I served with when uh, school started back. And I, I assume it's because everybody's kind of coming off the summer, they're getting back into their routine and a part of that routine for them is church. And I also noticed that those are the three times when we were most likely to have guests in the life of our church. Now we'd have, all, we'd have guests you know, pretty much all the time, but those times we would have an increase in guests. So those were the waves that I began to realize were in the life of the church.
1: That's solid. Now, some of you that are watching today, you may have some of these attendance bump naturally occurring moments that, in your context, uh, some some times when there's some natural occurring energy stimulators. If you can uh, let us know, are you seeing these three three moments where your church is, and you may even see some others? Because I really want our leaders. To think through this, which leads me to a follow-up question here, Levi, because I want to go one layer deeper in this discussion. How important is it to have an intentional plan where you're looking through maybe 12, 15 months out so that you can identify these waves and then plan for them, plan some emphases into it? How help me with these planning? Because what I'm noticing is a lot of our leaders might be thinking two to three weeks or two to three months out, but they're really not looking. 12 to 15 months out? How important is that kind of long range thinking?
2: Well, it's extremely important, right? I would say though, if you're if you're in a local church right now and you have not been doing that, then I would, my first advice is identify what are the two or three waves in the life of your church, right? So you identify them. And if one's right around the corner and you're not a long range planning kind of church, don't even try to ride that one, right? Skip that one and just get prepared for the other one that's going to come in. But it is very vital, but you also, and that's what I love about this Ride the Waves resource that we put together, is it actually walks you through a process, asking you specific questions, giving you information to help you actually learn how to ride the waves. And let me kind of explain, if you don't mind, Scott, just what it means to kind of ride a wave, because I know that sounds pretty uh, generic, right? But what the resource does is it provides a challenge for you to develop a key statement or a smart goal or uh, an objective that you want to accomplish when that wave hits, right? So quick example of that might be if the January wave was going to come in the life of our church, we might sit back and say something like, we want to see a 10% increase in our small groups in the month of January. All right, just that one key statement, right? What it does is it drives everything now to say, okay, what am I going to do on Sunday mornings that are going to get people involved in small groups? If we did increase by ten percent, how many people would that be? Uh, which then leads to the question: if they all showed up to a small group setting, are we prepared for that? Do we have the leaders? Do we have the space? So it just it really takes you through all of these questions and helps you develop a plan. But it also encourages you to think about how to promote that, right? How to how to push that plan, communicate that plan to the right people and get that into the life of your church. And the other thing, Scott, that I love to tell people when I'm sharing about this is this is not something you as a pastor need to do by yourself. Mm -hmm. Grab a team together. And, and again, you know, I'm not trying to push the resource too heavily here, but the resource actually gives you step-by-step guidelines on who should be on that team. What kind of individuals are you looking for? Uh, Kind of give you an example of that. You you need a key influencer on a ride the waves team. And a key influencer is an individual in your church who is a leader who has influence. They're not always the doers, but the doers listen to them, right? And the easiest way to figure out who these individuals are in the life of your church is if you stood up on Sunday and you said, here's what we're going to do as a church. As soon as you sit down, the church members are going to look to the key influencers and say, "What's the preacher talking about?" And if those key influencers look at those individuals and say, "I have no idea," then here's what I've learned: what I just shared ain't going anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I need to know who are those key. I need one of those individuals on my team. Uh, another uh, another good example of that is a key encourager, who has the gift of encouragement. Put somebody like that on your team. Because as you walk through this progress or or this process rather, you're going to discover struggles. It's going to be difficult. Sometimes people are going to say, I don't know if we can do that. You know, I just don't know if that's possible. What I've learned is if you have the encourager in the room, the encourager in the room will turn that on a dime and say, you know what? With God, all things are possible. I know it's going to be tough. And it's like they're, they're pushing forward. So I kind of give you a little list of here are the key individuals you need on a Ride the Waves team. Pray about them. Go find them, get them plugged in, and ride the wave as a church together.
1: And solid wisdom. Now, um, as we talk about the actual resource, and it's called Ride the Waves, is there anything else that you would upload here just to help our leaders think through what it is and and how they might could implement it?
2: Yeah, so the easiest thing, right? There's a little Ride the Waves booklet, which actually gives you step-by-step guidelines on how the meeting should go, what you guys should talk about, if you go to ride the waves. church online, there's a website where we actually have put together some video intros for, for you as a pastor so you can kind of grow in this process, but also video intros for each meeting that you can have with your Ride the Waves team that will kind of grease the wheels of the conversation, so to speak, and help you. But then you'll walk through getting your objective. What do we want to do? What do we want to see happen? You'll walk through... Um, uh, basically looking at, does that change the sermon series that I have? What finances are we going to need? To it's all, all of those, you know, kind of nuts and bolts questions, right? But then it, it also goes back to a, uh, let's look and evaluate. So one of the meetings is an evaluation meeting, and that happens after the wave is gone. So to kind of use the previous example, let's increase our small groups by 10%. So let's say you seek to ride that wave. You're going to get together with that Ride the Waves team after that wave goes by, and you're going to ask, did we meet it, right? Did we actually meet it? And um, very, very key. So some of those things are in there. And by the way, I I know, like, accountability makes people nervous, right? So I've been setting goals. Scott, you've been setting goals as well for years. I, I have discovered I don't always hit the goal, right? But I always grow in the process. Yeah. So in, if you use that, you know, with your team and say, we want to increase by 10%, you get in the room and you're like, guys, we went after it. We only increased by 6%. I'd be like, praise the Lord. We probably it's would 6%. not. Yeah, I know. We probably would not have done that if we wouldn't have the goal. Yeah. But I also will say this, whenever you're evaluating, you say, okay, what did we do that we loved, And you kind of make a list of that. What did we do that we're like, I don't know if that actually helped us. All right, let's stop doing that. So we you make a list of those things. You you remove those things. So you learn. So this ride the waves resource, all it is is it it teaches you how to ride a wave, right? And then after you learn the process, you can start riding each wave in the life of your church to greater influence and impact for the kingdom.
1: Yeah, that's solid. Now let me give you a scenario here because I want you to think about that small church pastor, the bivo, the multi vocational leader that's watching. And he's saying, Man, this really sounds Really cool. Sounds interesting. I love the idea, but I don't have a staff to help me implement and run and evaluate and assess another program. What kind of encouragement could you give to that leader that may be thinking that?
2: Well, good news is this, right? The resource is developed to encourage you as a pastor to get lay leaders involved. So it's not necessarily just staff. Now, if you have staff, you can definitely do this with staff, but I would encourage you to get lay leaders involved. Very, very huge. So even if you're a Bivo guy, right, and uh, you've got a full-time job and you're, I mean, you're like pulling your hair out trying to figure out, I don't even know what I'm preaching on Sunday. <laughs> if you will get a team together, this, this, this actually walks you through the process. Uh, there's the, the only mental energy that's really expended to make this happen is the mental energy that takes place in the meeting with that team. Right. So so there's no necessary pre-planning, so to speak, for the meetings. It's all kind of wrapped up, put in a bow given to you. You can take advantage of it. Now, Mm -hmm. Scott, I'll also tell you, I learned a great lesson early on in ministry when I was a student pastor. Uh, I was a student pastor for a couple of years. Right. But I just remember the ministry, we kind of it it mushroomed really quickly and we hit 100, uh, you know, regular attendance. I could not get that thing past 100 to save my life. I did not know what in the world was going on. And so I went and sat down with a guy that I respected who is a leader. And I told him, I said, bro, I am like hitting my head against the wall right now. I don't know what to do. And here's what he asked me. He said, Levi, what leaders are you developing? Hmm. And then I just looked at him and I was like, "Uh, what do you mean? (laughs) Which was my stall tactic because I had not been developing any leaders. He said, what you've learned, Levi, is – the breadth and uh, of your influence is about a hundred people. Well, hmm. so if you want to reach more people, you've got to develop leaders. So what was crazy is I went back and that's when I, you know, obviously that was early on uh, in ministry for me. Yeah. That's when I learned the importance of I've got to multiply leaders. So all of that to say, ride the waves is an opportunity to multiply leaders. And if you as a bivocational pastor use this or, or a pastor doesn't have a staff and you use this, there might be a leader in there who just takes this now and runs with it and helps you ride the waves. So you've delegated that authority to them, right? You've given them the opportunity to learn how to do it with you. And now you're going to set them free, baby. Let them serve, man. You'll be shocked to see what God does when lay leaders get involved.
1: Yeah. And that's what we do. Ephesians 4, we are equippers of the saints. And um, it's a, this is a great tool to be able to do it. So let's let's narrow our focus. Uh, let's get rid of the land, the plane. But before we do, i want to talk a little nuts and bolts with you real quick. So help our, help our viewers know why is this beneficial? And the leaders who are watching this right now that, that say, okay, you know what? I really do want to look into it. I think this is something that can help me over the next 12 months. Why is this? What problem does this solve? And then what is the next step our leaders can take to engage with this resource?
2: All right, so that first one is, uh, what problem does this solve, right? Um, I, I will tell you, just from a, from a pastor's standpoint, uh, when I first started ministry, I thought the church should grow completely steady all the way up, right? You start here, you move in this direction. And I'm telling you, boy, I beat myself up because it didn't grow that way, right? So I'd see high attendance in January, then February it go this way, <laughs> right? Then Easter, it will bump back up, then summertime came around, I'm like, what in the world's going on, Right? And then all of a sudden, August, so it's almost like this high and low, and sometimes if you're not careful as a leader, you attach your uh, self-worth to those highs and lows within the church, which is horrible, right? So you never do that, right? I kind of have to repent of that oftentimes. But what this resource does is it allows you to see the big picture, allows you to see, all right, you know what? Really, I should be looking at January of this year as compared to January of last year. Have we seen some growth there? I should be looking at uh, Easter of this year, Easter of last year. Have we seen some growth there? So you, it, it helps you narrow the focus. It, it allows you hopefully to pull your emotions away from this idea of church just grow like this and we should be reaching everybody in the mama in this direction and uh, very, very helpful. It also, again, it, it helps a busy pastor, right? And yeah. what, what pastor is not busy? I mean, every pastor is busy. All this is is a paradigm. It is a process that helps a pastor walk through uh, to efficiently and effectively plan for future kingdom impact. So that's the point. I can't remember what the second part of the question was.
1: Well, just for those, because there are, there are going to be a number of people that hear this and they're like, dude, I totally need to begin thinking that direction. So if they do, so what would be their next step to to see the resource, to engage with it, to read it? Um, so that they uh, know whether they're going to implement it? What, how can they yeah. get it? Into- <clears throat> so e- easiest thing to
2: do is go to Ride ridethewaves.church online, Ride ridethewaves.church. And uh, whenever you go there, and I'll just say this to you, you're not going to hurt my feelings if you don't do every single thing that's in it, right? All we're trying to do is help you. If you can grab a few things from it and you you apply it to your current process, rock on, man. I'm, I'm your biggest fan on that. But uh, ridethewaves.church online, Uh, You can grab hold of that stuff. You can download some things, a lot of tools there that are very helpful.
1: Yeah, and we've got consultants that are living in the regions. And and I'm just telling you, they are chomping at the bit to help you at your questions, to solve problems. You know, this one with Ride the Waves or anything that needs a solution. So we'd love for you all to be able to do that. And now listen, as we close our time here, uh, friends, those of you who are watching, let me just leave you with a couple of thoughts here because God's not opposed to effort he's opposed to earning and there's a few ideas i want to leave you with as we've been talking about this ride the waves resource the first one is this think deeply just take some time when you when you look at this resource just set aside some time to think on that and i want to encourage you think deeply and think often that is a missing piece of leadership development that can help you with some professional advantage that maybe you've been needing second thing is invest intimately when you're when you put this in place Don't just think in terms of putting another program in. You're investing in the lives of your leaders who are investing in the lives of other leaders. So invest intimately because relationships are hard and they're inefficient, but they are so, so worth it. Here's the third thing, grasp opportunities. You remember the story of Moses sending the spies, the 12 spies into the land. Do you remember any of the names of those 12 spies other than Caleb and Joshua? The reason is, because they did two things. One, they were obedient to follow through on orders. And the second thing is they took advantage of opportunities. And that's what I want you to consider today. This Ride the Waves resource, this is an incredible opportunity. It worked for Levi in the decades of ministry that he has served. It worked for three decades for me, just riding these waves of intentional attendant bumps so that are already there. So we hope that you'll take advantage of that and our consultants stand ready to help you to solve any problem that is available. Levi Skipper, thank you for being awesome and joining me today, bro.
2: Hey, Scott, appreciate your leadership, man. That, that little sermon you just did at the end brought a tear to my eye, baby. Nope,
1: teardrop. <laughs> hey, Lena Melton, John Graham, thanks for producing today's show. And I'll remind our listeners that we're only able to do this broadcast because you give generously to the cooperative program. So, gracias. I pray that today's discussion with Dr. Skipper will equip you to think often, Invest intimately and dream big as we make world impacting disciples.
0: Thanks for listening. We want to continue the conversation from today's broadcast in a learning community near you. These learning communities are designed to celebrate your biggest wins, resource your greatest need, and help you finish well. We also want to give you a free gift, the five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world-impacting disciple makers. You can download this resource by going to ministryboom.com. This five-page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptists to the cooperative program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church, visit gabaptist.org slash discipleship. Engage with us on your time through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all podcast platforms. Lastly, if you've benefited from this conversation today, please share this with a friend as we seek to help churches make world-impacting disciple makers.